Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kyle Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. message is a father's command and a mother's law. A father's command and a mother's law. We'll be looking at Proverbs 6, verses 20 through 23. It'll be up on the screen right here. Here it is. My son, we're here today, my church, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart tie them around your neck. When you roam, they, that command and that law will lead you. When you sleep, they will preserve you. When you awake, they will speak with you in the moment. For the commandment is a lamp and the law itself is a light. All right. 1 Corinthians 4.15. For church, Though you may have 10,000 teachers in Christ, there's been a lot of teachers throughout the 25 years this church has existed, a lot of amazing teachers. Hundreds, probably thousands have taught something from this microphone. So that's true, and we love it. We love teachers. We need more of them. Yet, church, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, this is Paul speaking, I have begotten you or birthed you through the gospel. Guess what? Everyone in this room, in the natural, you got one mom and one dad. (laughs) Who's got one mom and one dad? That's unique. Everyone in this room has had thousands of people pour into you in various ways, but you got one mom and one dad. Well, the same is true of this church. This church's got one mom (laughs) and one dad. And this church was not birthed with a good idea from my dad or my mom. It wasn't. This church was birthed in heaven with a word from Jesus, a good idea, not from my dad, but from Jesus. Jesus spoke loudly and clearly to my dad in 1997. That's a long time ago. Some of you in this room weren't born yet. 1997, I was eight years old when Jesus spoke to my dad and said, hey, Glenn, son, I want a church. I desire a church that would keep the first commandment of loving me in first place. I want a church in the earth, specifically in Lakeway, Texas, that would keep the first commandment in first place. Not pay lip service to it, saying, oh, yeah, we want to love God. But really, all we care about is programs and reaching horizontally, reaching people. That's really good, but that's not first. I want a church that would keep the first commandment in first place. So my dad received that word, played into it, and then two men, two real men, heard from the Lord to send my dad out with this dream from Jesus in his heart to birth this church. This church was founded, we saw it in that verse, on the apostles and the prophets. It was founded on an apostolic voice and a prophetic voice. That's the foundation of this church. The apostolic voice, Chuck Warnock in East Texas. The prophetic voice, Larry Randolph, national ministry, spoke this church 
through the Holy Spirit into being. But yes, guess what? This church had to have a birthing mother and father. It had to have birthing parents to exist. So guess what? We see the picture. It's Papa G, Pastor Glenn, and Miss Suzanne, which happens to be my mom and dad. So I, when I took this Proverbs 6 passage, when I read it, I was taking it literally, but I took it also for the church, and that's why I'm giving this message today. Because it's just as applicable if you call this church home. So here we go. Pastor Glenn and Suzanne are the birthing pastors of this church. And guess what? 25 years later, I'm stunned by their faithfulness. Because I get to see behind the scenes the spiritual warfare, <laughs> the natural stuff that comes against them. They have not quit. I am so, as a son, I'm so proud of my parents. They're working harder than anyone for this church's greatness. I get to witness it and see it every single day. They carry this church in their heart. This isn't bragging on them. This is just the grace of the Lord. They carry this church in their heart 24-7. In the middle of the night, the Lord wakes up my dad with a word, with an encouragement, with a breath of fresh air for this church almost every single night. So, I am a grateful son, and that's the purpose of this message, and it's to encourage us to follow Proverbs 6. It's up there, but the Lord spoke clearly. The birthing parents of this church are the opposite of absentee parents. They are present parents to this church. They could have ran so many times when it got hard. <laughs> They could have been disillusioned, but they kept coming back to the Lord. They kept hearing, this is my church, and I want it to exist. So I'm grateful for them. And we would do well as a church to honor their labors. Again, it's work. I see my dad work 60 to 80 hours a week, for real, for this church's greatness. We would do well to honor their labors and their leadership, what the Lord speaks to them on how to lead us. Thank you, Lord. All right. Ephesians 6. Love this passage. It's a little enlightened self-interest to follow this passage for me. Because I want to live a long time, and I want my life to be great. <laughs> I want a quality and quantity of life. Who wants a quality of life and a quantity of life? This is the way. Right, guys? This is the way. Ephesians 6. Children. Or church, obey your parents. This isn't the natural, for sure, especially when you're in the house, and even after, to a certain extent. <laughs> obey your parents in the Lord. But here we're talking about spiritual parents. So think of it that way. Children of River in the Hills, obey your spiritual parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. Honor the father and mother of this house, which is the first commandment in the Bible with an attached promise to it. And what's that attached promise? Quality of life and quantity of life. I love that promise. It's got everything in it, right? And it's so simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Honor your father and mother that it may be well with you, quality of life, and that you may live long 
on the earth, quantity of life. You see it at the bottom there. Put your name on this. Promise. I didn't make up this promise. The Bible said it. This church, and that means you, if you call this church home, Timothy, you are guaranteed to be blessed with a unique quality and quantity of life as we choose as a church to honor our spiritual parents and our elders, Ashton, Frederick, Gary, Papa G. If we honor their leadership, we're going to be blessed. Even if we don't agree, as long as they're not asking us to sin, we need to follow them. We really do. Even if we don't agree and we think it should be ran a different way. <laughs> right? All right. But guess what? We're not left without help to do this. We get supernatural help to honor our parents in the Lord and our natural parents, kids. You're going to get supernatural help from heaven to do this. Because in the flesh, it's really hard, yea, impossible to do. Because we got our own ideas. We got our own opinions. <laughs> we got a critical spirit that can rise up. But guess what? There's something opposite to a critical spirit. Guess what it is? It's called the spirit of Elijah. Everyone say the spirit of Elijah. This spirit, God wants to send to every willing heart, no matter your age. Look at this. It's the next slide. This is the help from heaven. It's a real spirit that belonged to a real man that God wants to send in mass before his son comes back. He wants to send Elijah, the man, but also the spirit of Elijah to every willing heart. Here it is. Behold, the Lord says, I'm going to send you, river in the hills, Elijah, or the spirit of Elijah, the prophet, before the coming, the second coming of Jesus, the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And what's that spirit going to do? It's going to turn hearts. I would say turn hearts. First, it's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And I just set up for a minute saying how much this father and this mother's heart has been turned towards this church. That's not in question for me. What's in question is how much is my heart as a child turned to my parents? It needs to be turned more. And that's why God gives us help to do it. God's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Here in this case, spiritual fathers. And if we don't obey this, God will strike the earth with a curse. I didn't say it, he said it. When you dishonor your parents, even your spiritual parents, that welcomes a curse in your life. Well, what's the opposite of a curse? It's a blessing. Porter, I just got to brag on you. You are so blessed as a young man. And I see a real honor for your parents. I haven't heard it from your lips. Why are you so blessed? Why are you so not cursed? Because you honor your parents. How old are you, 17, 18? 16. It's amazing. That's proof. You're proof of this verse. All right, let's look back. At the key text, Proverbs 6, my son, my church, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. <laughs> Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. 
When you awake, they will speak with you, for the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light. All right. So, we're supposed to keep our Father's command. What is this church's Father's primary command? I mentioned it earlier. Anyone remember? Love God, the first commandment. Here it is. Our Father's command is the reason this church was founded. Again, my dad didn't make it up. He heard it from the Holy Spirit. He read it in the Bible. He said, I'm going to put my name on that, and I'm going to help the Lord start a church with that at the center. And guess what, guys? It is first. It is the first commandment, and the second commandment is so far below it. We have to get this. It's not just like, oh, it's right there. It is so high above. Because guess what? For billions of years, we're going to be loving on God. There's no evangelism in heaven. Evangelism is so important here. But even now, first commandment, first love must be in first place every single day. So here it is, straight from the lips of Jesus. Teacher, Jesus, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God. Intimacy with the Godhead. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. That means all your attention, all your soul, all your emotions, all your mind, all your thoughts, and all your strength. That means when you work 10 to 12 hours a day providing, you're loving God with your strength, men and women in the room. You're loving God with everything. Is there any part of you that's not in those alls? No. 360 degrees of who you are, what makes you you, should love God first and greatest. And then you actually have something to give someone horizontally. Rather, you have someone to give someone. You have Jesus to give them because you're full of him and full of his love. So you're spilling out the abundance that we read earlier. That's why this church was founded, and that is our Father's command to this church. It's got a thousand implications and a thousand outworkings, and that's where we come in. How do we respond to this command? Next slide. Each one of us who calls this church home, we have to meditate on this command and how it applies to us each and every day. The four responses to our Father's command. What do we do with the first and great commandment? We keep it, we bind it, we wear it, and we treat it. It's kind of like that old bop it game. Bop it, pull it, twist it. <laughs> Who remembers that game, the, the kids? We keep it, bind it, wear it, treat it. What does keep it mean? The Lord spoke this to me. Whenever I see keep in the Bible, keep a command, keep a law, I hear treasure and obey. Treasure and obey. Treasure and obey. Treasure this first commandment first. Just like you would a billion-dollar inheritance. Treasure it. Put it in front of you and marvel at it. Meditate on it. What does it mean to love the, love the Lord my God with all of my soul? What is it, how does it look like to love the Lord my God with all of my mind, 
Think about it. Talk to the Holy Spirit about this commandment, and he will enlighten it in a thousand different ways. And then we obey it. We obey it first. Before we talk to human beings every day, we should talk to God. That's how you obey it first. Before you love other people in front of you, how about you love on God first? That's what it means to obey it. It doesn't have to be three hours, but ten minutes loving on God will set your day on the right course. So that's what it means to keep it. Treasure it, meditate on it, and obey it first. Then we bind it upon our hearts. Brooke, you want to come bind this first commandment? <laughs> you can bind it on me. We need help. We choose to bind it, but we need the Holy Spirit. Brooke is like the Holy Spirit helping to bind this commandment on our hearts. What does this mean? To bind the first commandment on our hearts? I put it there. I think it, it means that we let it impact us to the core, to the source of who we are. We let the first commandment, loving God, impact us and be our source. My dad has said over the years, they got the picture. Let it, <laughs> let it be your air hose. We all need oxygen every three seconds to breathe, right? <laughs> That's number one, what we need. What if loving God and being loved by him was our oxygen? That's what it means to bind it upon our hearts. Your heart is who you are to the core. So let this first commandment impact you and be your source. What if this was the headwaters for everything you did, the source of your being, the wellspring of who you are? It would change everything. Third, we need to wear it upon our necks. Come on, Brooke. This is going to be easier. Oh, wait, wait. That's my mom's. You can wait for a second. You just tie it around my neck, but don't choke me. This one. You're not going to forget this. This is not just being cute. This is so you don't forget it. We need to wear the first commandment upon our necks. What does the neck speak of in Scripture? Anyone know? What does the neck typify? What's the symbolic nature of the neck in the Scripture? It's your will. Your neck is your will. Your stiff-necked Israelites were disobedient. Their will was not in line with God. But if you have a tender neck, a responsive neck, an obedient neck, what do you do with your neck? You turn. You make decisions with your neck. I'm going to look over here to the north or to the east. That's a decision with your neck. It's your will. It's your desires. It's what you do. What also comes through your neck? Words. <laughs> How you speak. What you sing. If you don't have a neck, you ain't making any noise. <laughs> so if we're to wear the first commandment upon our necks, it means we use words to move God's heart. We speak to his holy heart, and then we get filled with tears. I'm thinking of you, Kevin. When you just said one whisper to the Lord, you would well up with tears when I was talking with you. It's even happening now. This is real. We use our neck to glorify God, to make decisions, to talk to him, to speak to him, to love on him. To sing to him. That's letting the first commandment, binding it upon our necks. We let it impact our will, our decisions. Again, talk to God before you talk to man every morning. That's a decision you make. 
the outward actions. When you kneel in reverence to the king, that's an outward action that is a decision of your will to love God. Again, there's a thousand invocations. I'm not going to go into them. That's why it's our job to treasure it and meditate upon it. And then lastly, we treat our Father's command as a lamp. I would say lamp. What does this mean? Well, lamps lead us through dark paths. Guess what? We see it a little bit today in the natural. This world is only getting darker. The darkness is increasing. According to Isaiah 60, it describes the darkness of the end-time generation as deep darkness, gross darkness, outer darkness. Like you can't see your hand in front of your face darkness. That's the end-time scenario. Guess what we need in that scenario? A lamp, light. So this first commandment, guess what? It's going to lead us through the increasing end-time darkness. Wars and rumors of wars, pestilences, famines, earthquakes. We need the first commandment as a lamp to lead us through these dark times. You know what the darkest thing of the dark of the end time darkness generation? You know what the darkest thing is? Deception's definitely up there. For me, I think it's the love of many Christians growing cold. The great falling away. These are people who used to be close to Jesus, following him, loving him, falling away. And disobedience, disloyalty, falling away even into hell. I think this is the darkest thing of the end time darkness, the great falling away. Maybe hundreds of millions of believers. Many, it says. Greek word is poly, which is many. Many will fall away. What will insulate us in this dark thing that is the great falling away? The first commandment. And I truly believe if we as a church do not keep the first commandment in first place, but we start trying to love everyone else except God, we will fall away. I think the only believers that will be alive and loving Jesus at the end of the day are people like John the Beloved who would lean their head on Jesus' chest. Those are the only ones that are going to make it. The Marys that are pouring their fragrant oil on the feet of Jesus. Marys and Johns are the only ones that are going to make it. What do Mary and John have in common? They kept the first commandment in first place. This is wisdom, according to the Lord. All right, let's move on. And do not forsake the law of your mother. Here's the second outworking of Proverbs 6. So what is the law of our mother? I asked the Lord when I read Proverbs 6. Guess what? When you talk to God, he talks back. <laughs> the Holy Spirit talks back when you talk to him about his word. Instantly I heard the law of kindness is on her lips. The mother of this house, Miss Suzanne, a.k.a. my mom, <laughs> The law of kindness is on her lips. This is straight from Proverbs 31, 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Yes, she does. But on her tongue is the law of kindness. This is the law of this house. Be kind. 
Be kind. Be filled with the Holy Spirit fruit of kindness. In everything you do, this is a law like gravity. We're always subject to gravity. We should always be subject to kindness. Okay. Let's define kindness biblically for everyone, including my own heart. So what is kindness? It's the next slide. This is what it means biblically, the Greek word here. It's seeking to be beneficial to someone else. I love this definition of kindness. Being kind doesn't mean you're just nice and you let people get away with whatever. It means you seek actively to be beneficial. Everyone say beneficial. Seeking to be beneficial or helpful or useful to someone else. My mom lives this out and has established this law in this church according to Proverbs 31 and and Proverbs 6. Seeking to be beneficial in every circumstance to someone else. It's also choosing words to other people, speaking to other people, choosing words that are full of truth first, but spoken in love and gentleness. Speaking the truth in gentleness with a gentle tone. A gentle tone turns away wrath. In everything we do as a church, we should be known for our kindness and gentleness. This is what it says in the New Testament. Let your gentleness be known by all men. That's what it says. You think it'd say all these, let your power be known. Let your, you know, the gifts be known. Let all the cool things you do for God be known. No. Let your gentleness be known. When they think of people in this church, they should think, wow, that person's gentle and kind. They believe the best about me. They've given me better than I deserve. They've spoken to me way better than I deserved, even on my worst day. That leads me to the third outworking of kindness. It's choosing to believe the best about other people. When you hear an accusation or a rumor about someone or even you have a thought, wow, I don't know about, no, don't go there. Believe the best about everyone in this church until completely proven wrong with real evidence from two or three witnesses. <laughs> Believe the best about everyone in this church. This is what love looks like. This is what kindness looks like. Until you're completely proven wrong with real tangible evidence. Believe the best. Because Satan is an accuser and he's inspiring accusation. He's trying to get the body against the body so we can become distracted and tear each other apart. The opposite is being kind. It's believing the best. It's seeing people with the lens of heaven, with a redemptive lens, because that's how God looks at us. He's so kind. And that leads us, you can skip that next slide and go to the one after that. Thank you. How do we respond to this law? Well, we start first. It actually correlates with the first commandment. We don't try to go be kind to everyone else every day, just wake up and try to be kind. We have to first receive the kindness of Jesus. You know what the actual verse says in Proverbs 6.20? It says, do not forsake the law of your mother. So we can plug it in. Do not turn away. That's what it means to forsake, is to turn away. Do not turn away from the law of kindness. And guess what? There is no kinder view for the eyes of our hearts than the face, the opinion of Jesus over our own lives. 
if we can set the eyes of our heart before the kind face of Jesus, guess what? He is smiling at everyone in this room. Even if you're 2% here, he's smiling at that 2%. <laughs> I know y'all are all like 98, 99% with me, but even if you were 2% with me and thinking about 98 other things, he would be smiling at that 2% that said, I'm going to put on clothes and go to church in 2023. God's evaluation of us is so different than even our evaluation of ourselves. He is so incredibly kind. <laughs> Do you know what it said about the father of our faith? It said he did not waver in unbelief with the promise of his son. Have you read the life of Abraham? He totally wavered. He completely wavered and had a son in the flesh with this handmaid and had Ishmael. But what does the New Testament say of Abraham? It's the kindest evaluation ever. He never wavered. That's what it says. He wavered for 15 years and had a kid in the flesh. But God says, no, my son didn't waver. That's the grace of God. That's the mercy of God. That's my kind evaluation of his life. David blew it 10 times in the scripture publicly. 10 public, terrible front page news, David blew it. But in the New Testament, it says, David did all of my will in his generation. That's the kindness of the face of Jesus, of his evaluation of our lives through the editing process of his grace and his mercy and his kindness. God edits your life. He's saying, Chase, you're getting a perfect score right now. You're getting 100. When we face this kind evaluation, that's what it says. Do not forsake the law of kindness, meaning face it fully. Face kindness fully. And there's no kinder source than the smile, the evaluation of Jesus over your life. So choose every morning. Face his face. Receive his kindness, his gentleness that makes us great. And then from there, bind it upon your hearts. What does this mean to bind kindness upon our hearts? Thank you, Holy Spirit, a.k.a. my wife. She's not the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean. She's filled with him. <laughs> Bind kindness upon your own heart. What does this mean? It means be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up for stuff that God is not beating you up over. <laughs> the world calls it positive self-talk. The Bible calls it speaking to your soul, speaking life to your soul, just like we did in worship. We spoke to our soul the truth of God's word, and we came alive even more. So guess what? Have a merciful inner dialogue with yourself. Give yourself a break. That's what it means to bind kindness upon your own heart. Be kind to yourself. You guys are crushing it in so many ways. See the hard work you put in to love God and love others. Ask God for his perspective, and he will help you to be kind to yourself. That's what it means to bind upon your heart. Wear it upon your necks. We talked about earlier. That's letting it impact our decisions, our will, our words. So we know this. Let's be kind to others with our words, our outward actions. Believe the best. Give people the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and then lastly, 
Treat it as a light. Worship team, you can come up. Treat the law of kindness as a light in the increasing in time darkness. And what is the increasing in time darkness that is the opposite of kindness? We talked about the love of many growing cold. That's the darkest, I believe. This is right up there with it. It's clear in the New Testament that in the last days, men will be brutal. They'll be like brute beasts. Men will act like savage animals, not like humans, in an increasing manner. Men will be more harsh as the darkness increases. This is promised in the New Testament. In the last days, men will be harsher and more brutal like brute beasts. So if the law of kindness is our light in this increasing in-time darkness, what does that mean? It means we are going to shine. When we choose kindness to ourselves, when we evaluate other people in a kind, biblical, Holy Spirit manner, we're going to shine that much brighter against this back, this black backdrop of brutality and harshness. When we're kind to those who are cursing us in our face, I was in D.C. years ago. This woman, inspired by the devil, cursed me to my face for like 30 minutes with the worst curse words. We were standing for life. We were standing against abortion out in front of the White House. She cursed me for 30 minutes. And I chose kindness back to her, to pray for her, to pray for her salvation, to pray for her deliverance. That dichotomy brings so much glory to God. The opposite nature of brutality and harshness is kindness. So if we let it guide us, we're going to bring glory to God. I think we'll win souls by just being kind, biblically kind, when everyone else is harsh. All right, how do we respond? We talked about the ways that we respond to the command of our Father and the law of our mother. Let me just quiz you guys. What's the command of the Father of this house? First commandment, to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. What's the law of our mother? Kindness. I'm wearing it. <laughs> you got it. And I gave you guys the how to respond. Meditate on it. Think upon these things. Let them guide you. So I just thought it'd be cool. You can go to the very last slide. I thought it'd be cool before we ate as the, the people need to get ready with the food. Just a couple, you know, two, three, four testimonies in the moment. I didn't prepare anyone for this, so this is Holy Spirit-led. If no one wants to come up, that's okay. We'll pray for the food and we'll eat. Oh. Let me set it up real quick. <laughs> Let me hand it to you, <laughs> just so people know. Let's take a couple minutes, two, three, four people, just to thank the mother and father of this house, just to honor them with our words, honor them with a story of how my dad's life inspired you to live out the first commandment. How my mother was kind to you when you didn't deserve it. Or she inspires you to be kind. With what she did or what she noticed, she treated this person that way. And you're like, I need to treat people better. Because I saw Miss Suzanne treat that person so well. And give them such a kind evaluation for what they did. <laughs> so let's share one of those two outworkings, responses. How my dad has inspired you to live out the first commandment, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and how my mom has inspired you to live out kindness.
Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.